0: Welcome to Q&A Selling Online with answers to questions about creating an online empire, promoting products or building a brand. Your host, private label and e-commerce entrepreneur, Quinn Amorm. Welcome back to the show, my friends. Today we have with us Anna Davidson. She's an empowering female leader with years of experience in e-commerce and in digital marketing space. Anna is an author of She made it happen. She's a speaker. She's the founder of the 101 Amazon Academy or the Amazon 101 Academy and Your Freedom Podcast. She started selling on Amazon in 2013. That's a few years before most of us did. And she also taught over 2000 students how to build successful businesses. And Anna has a knack for being able to rank very quickly on Amazon. And we want to talk about all of that today. Anna, how's it going?
1: Hi great I'm great I'm really pleased to be here.
0: It's a pleasure having you here and uh, most people are only listening to the sound but I get to see your nice smile so Anna it's a <laughs> pleasure to have you here.
1: Great to be here.
0: So uh, tell me something you, uh, I mentioned you started selling on Amazon in 2013 so that is like almost a year and a half before I did um, <laughs> and uh Did you sell before Amazon? Were you related to e-commerce in any way?
1: I wasn't actually. I did. I did quite a lot of digital marketing in my first sort of year, 18 months online. My background was corporate world. Um, I actually worked in the pharmaceutical industry, which is which has actually made me turn very (laughs) (laughs) anti-medicine the other way. Um, So that was kind of like my nine to five career. Um, and it was when I became a mum, actually, you know, like everyone has their kind of moment, maybe if they've, they've been doing a nine to five job and then they decide to go and work for themselves. For me, it was becoming a mum that kind of made me hit that crossroads, I suppose, thinking, do I really want to kind of give all my time for this, you know, mm-hmm. big blue chip company? Um, Let's try and build something for myself now. Uh, Because I've always been ambitious. I I wanted, you know, like a lot of mums. I think a lot of women go through that crossroads, and a lot of women give up the career, don't they? And maybe go part time or and that kind of thing. Whereas i kind of one of those that wanted it all. I was like, I'm ambitious. I want the big income, um, but I also want to get my time back, really, um, and balance that with being a good mum as well. Don't know if I've got it perfect. We all make mistakes, don't we? (laughs) I've tried to do it all. Um, but yeah, that was kind of my moment. My children were very young at that point and redundancy was was on the card. So I grabbed it. <laughs> wow! Well.
0: And then in 2013, like, how did you find Amazon? Because I was selling online, like, you, you know, I was in Portugal before. And oh. in, in, in the late 90s, uh, late 97, 98, I started selling on eBay to the USA. And I couldn't sell anything in Europe. So I was selling to the USA. And for years, I didn't know I could sell on Amazon. I thought Amazon was like, you know, uh, yeah. they sell their own stuff. So that's why it took me so long. How yeah. did you get started?
1: I always thought that people who sold on eBay, because that was kind of like the thing that we we all knew of really before yeah. Amazon, wasn't it? Um, I, I knew people that did, but it was like a part-time hobby. And I thought if you, if you want to scale and, and create like a proper business you know from e-commerce then you're gonna need a warehouse and staff and all that kind of stuff and I remember having like a little bit of banter with this guy who was really into eBay selling online and I was always like no 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 because I was more bought into the whole information and actually because I had a very sales background I didn't really have much knowledge around marketing because I was you know the, the kind of field force team I was a rep on the road and then I managed a team of reps that was my background so I knew sales, but marketing was where I lacked. And my dad, actually, I remember my dad, who's, who's always been a sort of hero of mine, I suppose, mm. being, being a financial advisor, working similar to me in the corporate world, but then setting up on his own. He always said to me, "Oh, you don't, you know, you don't, you know, a lot about sales, but you want to learn marketing." But he was really talking about offline marketing. But Really, you know, it's there's, there's the same kind of strategies, but obviously, you know, you're moving it online. So I decided to invest in myself. Well, in fact, I wrote a book. I laugh about it. I don't tell many people about this, um, but it was around being a mompreneur. I kind of now cringe and think, mompreneur. I was. A, I'm an entrepreneur. Not. Why do I have to say I was a mum or a female? <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I think it's that girl power in me that I want to be, like competing with guys all the time. We always have that. Women sometimes I get that second seat. It's like, no, no. I'm an entrepreneur. Why did I p- pigeon myself as a mompreneur? But I'd written this book about mums in business and thought I really wanted to market online. As I say, I laugh at it now and think it was a rubbish e-book really (laughs) at the time, you know. But that was how I was learning sort of online strategies. And I did invest quite a lot in learning. I kind of dabbled a little bit in affiliate marketing. That wasn't really for me, but I learned a lot around different strategies around YouTube Facebook marketing, you know, like Facebook marketing in the early days when fan pages came out um, and when the algorithm was was a lot easier than it is these days <laughs> um, and email marketing and blogging and all these different things. But I was laying myself too thin. Um, and I think actually it was a coach of mine that said, what is it you really, really enjoy? And it was Facebook marketing. So I actually started managing people's Facebook advertising. So it's like having like a, a small agency, really, because it was only me. I think I I got like a, an online um, VA um, and then I, I've, I've always done training in the corporate world and I enjoyed the coaching part of it so then as well as because there was only like a certain capacity unless I created a really large agency that for me managing people's you know Facebook marketing I then started to teach it as well I did a course around that and I literally stumbled across Amazon I was not interested in physical products because I was like I'd bought into this. I've got, you know, laptop lifestyle type of thing, information online, um, education and teaching and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I think it was a webinar. It was a webinar. And I can't remember which webinar because then I then became obsessed and was like doing more research around. It was the fulfillment by Amazon that gave me that light bulb yeah. moment, you know, um, which I'm sure is the same with many people. I just thought, wow, I would don't need the warehouse. You know, I don't need... um all of those things that I perceived that I would have needed to do to scale an eBay business. Um and um I actually started my first product on Amazon was in the supplement niche, which now I think, what was I doing? This like <laughs> one of the most competitive niches. <laughs> yeah. Um I think I just want a secretly want in my own drugstore online, but of you know herbal natural um different supplements. But yeah, so that was that was kind of like my my journey into Amazon really.
0: Okay, got it. Uh, and it, it does make sense what you said, because like when I started with eBay, one of the worst nightmares is the, the fulfillment part uh, because either either you're going to do it yourself or you're going to have to have like, a third party do it that at the time that you, you couldn't find many. So I was doing it and it was uh, this was all part-time back then. And it is a nightmare mm. doing fulfillment. So for all these fulfillment companies that are out there, uh, even though there's some that do not such a good job, uh, I mean, you still have I still uh have a lot of respect for yeah. what they have to do and go through and put up with sellers like like me and you because yeah. they could have problems, but it's not my problem, right? I mm-hmm. want my stuff delivered quick. <laughs> so exactly. And so it is FBA is something that is just lifesaver for a lot of sellers right there's a lot of people that would not be able to do anything without the fba
1: yeah definitely definitely i've done the fbm sometimes you know it's usually this time of year um and it's it's for products that is like a seasonal christmas product for the holidays you know Mm um and it is you when you do it you think oh my god imagine doing this all the time And not, even, not having just being able to send a lot all my inventory to amazon it's yeah it's it's different you you want to know something
0: uh with but the sales i do on amazon it's uh until now everything was fba and then during COVID 19 mm-hmm. uh we had to do fbm just because there are certain things that we could not get inventory into amazon so we yeah. had to do fbm so it had to be really quick, try to get, uh, we already ha- had like third-party fulfillment for Walmart, for example, Deliver does the the Walmart part of things. So we had to really quick get the third party to do the fulfillment. And then things started happening that I didn't know existed, uh, or, or I knew they existed. I just never associated that I would have to do them again. And it's, <laughs> yeah. uh when you do FBM, you have to accept the customer's returns and refunds while yeah. FBA, everything is automatically accepted, whether you like it or not. And uh, and then your account is at risk because now you have an order that's late. And yeah. it's so it was scary and frustrating and <laughs> so yeah it's uh
1: those are the challenges aren't they and and the fact that you've got that time limit on actually clicking that you've accepted the order and the order's gone out because that was when i when i first ever did fbm i didn't even realize i had to click that dispatch
0: yes <laughs>
1: yeah. there's all these orders even though i've dispatched them um so but it's making sure that you've got that like you say fulfillment center that can link it automated because there are good and bad ones aren't there
0: yeah definitely you know the uh, people that are that do uh retail arbitrage and wholesale and everything that are listening right now and they probably have a thousand fbm orders a day they're probably laughing and thinking like they probably are
1: exactly, because uh, they've got all the software set up and they're all you know yeah there.
0: And and it's probably normal to have uh, you, that notification your account is at risk because you you missed three percent or four percent of the orders and they're late. Uh, but I I wasn't used to that, so I told uh, I told the VAs every order that comes in you automatically click that it's fulfilled, and that's it. it there's no tracking yeah. number, no tracking number <laughs> yet. But go in there and create a fake fulfillment, and then we'll worry about it later.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So let's talk about um, here how you rank things, because uh, that's something that uh, everybody is very interested in. It. Uh, can you give us some of the an idea of how you do it? Because I know you work with external traffic. You already mentioned Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. Is that how you do it?
1: So, uh, yeah, I'm, it depend, all depends on the product and the niche, um, because like a lot of products recently I've been focusing on the European market um just because a lot less competitive and it's not as aggressive as some of the markets that I've tackled <laughs> in the US mm-hmm. that have been quite competitive mm-hmm. so it all really does depend on the product um my focus is building premium beautiful brands um that you know because actually at the end of the day all we need to do is create you know the keywords or traffic um but our conversions occur from obviously our reviews but our imagery mm-hmm. um and you know, I've I've learnt by error <laughs> over the years of having poor quality photos and things like that. And now I have my own photographers that will take photos Cause I've, I've been researching a lot around Amazon's image searches for the future. That you know we'll be able to just put a picture in the searches and products are going to come up rather well than the keywords. Yeah. And actually, the people that have the genuine photos. Are going to be able to be come up in those searches better than kind of Photoshop images and things like that. Um, so I suppose I I've been around since the early days and it, a kind of seven years. It's funny in other industries you'd be talking 20 or 30, but <laughs> there's a lot of people that come and go in this industry. <laughs> um, and you know, when the days where there was review uh the review strategies that we all know that we could do on launches, and especially for me being in the Supplement niche that was just like a given, you know, I'd be giving away 200 units to rank at the beginning. um But then I think it's a good thing that's changed and the terms of service has changed because it's actually created things to be more difficult, has it? And I understand that Amazon want to protect their reviews as well, you know, um, they want to be known for their platform to be genuine reviews. And I respect that, you know. So I think I've always treated having tried to do the quick shortcuts. When I was in the early days on Amazon, yeah. I realized actually you've got to treat it like an offline business. I think a lot of people see it as that because it's online, it's not as real as a, a real business offline. But actually, if you were growing a business offline, you would do all the things of different marketing strategies, wouldn't you? You'd probably do leaflet drops and advertising in magazines, and you do all these different strategies to try and get your brand out there. So I do a lot on Instagram and Facebook. Some of my brands I also sell on my own, like e-commerce stores. Um, most of my income is from Amazon. But I try and these days look for like really niche products that maybe are in the European marketplace that are not so competitive. Um, so there isn't kind of like one single strategy to rank. But I always make sure that my images are superior to everybody else. And so other people get competitive don't they so we're going to always be updating those images um and it's you know it's all the normal teachings around keywords and all that kind of thing um you know researching i go for the longer tail keywords and 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 grow that out and try and get the traffic within amazon sponsored advertising as well but I don't know if you've noticed, Amazon are massively focusing on brands now, aren't they? Yes, and trying yes. to remove like the, the Chinese sellers of the unbranded products. And when that came and started to come about, because the US is always ahead of us in Europe. <laughs> so you get to see, see what's happening in the US first. Um, it's only recently just the same stuff has been coming to Europe. Um, initially, I was like, wow, you know, um, people were reaching out to saying that they couldn't, you know, well, do I need to bra- go through brand registry and things like that? And I actually think that is the way to go to do things fully as a business you would do offline and and get your trademark and go for brand registry Um, because you're going to secure your brand and protect your brand longer term. I do think it's harder for newbies because you might not want to go and trademark something straight away. But I definitely think it's where you want to be heading. Um, So kind of just treating things like a, a real business, really, instead of looking for shortcuts.
0: Yeah, I know I know for sure that they are definitely looking for the uh people to to have more powerful brands and have those powerful brands on Amazon so much that they are now working on this beta um that allows you to put your logo, uh your brand logo instead of the name above the product. And we we are invited to this a couple weeks ago and um, in the the same week or the week after uh, they also came out with uh, the new branding that you can do above the A plus content Um, yeah so and now that plus uh, you know what about above the title where you put uh, this is um, visit Quinn's store yeah yeah now there's going to be a feature that uh, some brands already have like the elite skincare and all that already have that. You can add your logo there instead of the brand. Uh, right, okay. so they're definitely okay. definitely focusing on branding versus the you know the the Me Too products that so many people are launching. They're yeah. probably trying to get out of that.
1: Because I think in the early days when me and you were first starting, you could be those types of you know, you could just launch a, another digital thermometer that's similar to someone else, but now. Mm -hmm. it's just it's it's so much more saturated and actually it's it's more it feels more purposeful for me now that I'm actually creating kind of it feels like more good quality stronger brands you know and if you see like the videos as well that are happening and like the I haven't done these yet like uh, there's a beta tester I noticed in the UK on like the editorial recommendations you know where you can it's like a little mini blog post I can't think of the name of it now um that's something on my list to try and investigate to start doing. Um, is it the ones that replace the editorial recommendations? Yeah, it's like the it's like a it, on on the UK platform. It says that it's beta tested at the moment. I
0: okay. don't think
1: it is in the US, but it's like a little mini, like you know, like a, a discussion, like a blog post on that topic. You know. Yes, but yeah. It, but it's obviously sponsored by that brand.
0: Oh yeah, so in the US we have. The editorial recommendations. Uh, the actually, editorial, uh, recommendations. Yeah. So they actually been around for, um, uh, I would say, probably a year now. Uh, yeah, it's from, you know, the, the Amazon influencers, which are the affiliate marketers of Amazon that have huge. The, like the
1: Amazon Associates and things like that, is it? Yeah,
0: that have big blogs and they get to do, you know, the uh, uh, things that we used to do back, back in the day, you know. The 10 yeah. best, the 10 best something. And like number number one is, the, let's say, I don't know, Bluetooth speaker. Uh, the number one is the the Bose or the um, Sony. And, you know, the most famous ones that are out there. Number two, you put your brand in there. No- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nobody heard about it before. And like, this is the one we recommend because it's cheaper than, <laughs> than
1: Sony, right? <laughs> I remember when I did all my supplements I can't remember the name of the platform now it was actually a really cool platform you you could you could basically you know get get bloggers to do reviews for you um I can't remember the name of it now I used to use it all the time I haven't used it for years because it obviously was linked in with the whole review formula um but there'd be all these bloggers all over like you know trying the supplements and I had a weight loss one and it was like I've lost so much weight and I'd look when they'd ordered it, it was like two days ago mm-hmm. and that was when it was getting a bit silly you know mm-hmm. I was like this is not this it doesn't feel right I think when something doesn't feel yeah. right um it's probably not right you know yeah. um, <laughs> it's much yeah. nicer and rewarding when you see those genuine reviews come in
0: yeah definitely yeah you remember before there was such thing as verified reviews and everything was just a review and there was no record of if that person had bought the product or not yeah and and you could just Mm -hmm. go on on the facebook pages because at the time the facebook page had more uh more um you know, engage, point, more yeah. yeah, more reach and more engagement than Facebook groups, and you could go there and just ask people for reviews, and they would give you the review before even getting the product.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah. it is crazy when you think that. No wonder Amazon kind of changed their terms. I I can totally understand why they decided to do that to protect exactly. their quality of reviews. You know, <laughs> um. So yeah, so that's I think. How I've grown within it, because you do learn by your mistakes, <laughs> um, how I've grown within my Amazon business is, it's nice to see how Amazon's sort of aligning with it, really, with the whole um, you know, brand registry, focusing on brands, focusing on quality items, um, and, and kind of really trying to stand out by, it maybe even introducing something new into a niche, you know? Um, I, I do a lot of research on the competition, that's what you know. Reading all the reviews and all that kind of stuff. I spend a lot of time looking for opportunities like that, and and also looking when I'm researching keywords, looking a lot on the relevancy. You know, you might find a particular keyword that's not a huge volume, but it's got there's no. You can't automate this bit. If you put that long keyword into Amazon and look to see the relevance, look to see what products are coming up. So we found that there's a, a there's a demand for that, but actually there's not much that's that's Amazon's presenting for that keyword. And I sort of spot opportunities like that as well.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah I do the same thing. And, uh, <laughs> and I do, um, well, I, I can mention it here because everybody knows it, but I do use Helium 10 to see, uh, for example, all the competitors, what they rank for uh, on the first 50 yeah. or 60 results, and then put it in the sheet. And then competitor two and three and four and then find out what are the keywords that they rank on page uh, page one, for example, on a desktop uh, that I had no idea they could rank for, or I could rank for it. Even if they have like three or 400 of uh, um, demand and, yeah. and then you, we do something about it and try to make it relevant for, for our products. Uh, and now talking about relevancy, which is like one of the, the most important things that algorithms look for is for relevancy. And on Amazon, they got to measure that with, you know, some sort of engagement, which mostly is a conversion rate. How do you gain relevancy for a keyword? It's let's say it's one of these keywords you found out today uh, that your competitors rank for. Would you use still any kind of rebates with, you know, supreme URLs or uh, super URLs?
1: I've sta- What I have started doing is using um, chatbot sequences. Mm-hmm. For rebates, um, which was, uh, in fact, I've got to give cr- credit for Regina. I don't know if you've come across Regina Peters Peter Burksky.
0: Um, I I I haven't had her here, but I, I do know the name.
1: She um she shared this strategy actually with me, so I've got to give her credit for it. Um, and because there's lots of uh, the chat box, many chat stuff, um, kind of overwhelmed me a little bit, and it was kind of like it's another. Another thing to kind of learn and focus my time on, and you know, as you're growing your business, you kind of want to outsource different steps, don't you? Um, but she presented it in a really, really simple way. So I've started using uh sort of chatbot sequences through Facebook advertising to do rebates. Um, so I have, so I have done that for certain keywords. Now I used to use a CPU URL, but I've got really fearful a- over that because. I knew a lot of people were sort of slapped around using super URLs. But I do think it's an interesting debate because I think a lot of people do still use them, don't they? Um, But there was, there was, um, I remember working with someone that was kind of restricted and their account got suspended from using one many years ago. So it's always put me off doing the the super URL. So
0: yeah, I hear there's always two sides for every story, but I hear that. Some people say that Amazon doesn't want rebates and then that they're suspending accounts, but then others say that it's not the rebates that gets the account suspended. It's the fact that you go ask the people that got the rebate and you ask them for a review and now that makes it against terms of service.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah.
0: And yeah, I to be honest, I still use them. And the only reason I still use them is because some still work. Not, not all of them work, and there's ways to do that, and um, I, I don't want to start mentioning like uh, softwares' names and everything of what works and what doesn't. But um, there are ways now to automate, for example, the the, the search, yeah. find buys, and as long as there's no review involved, I never I never ask for any reviews of any kind. I don't want five stars yeah. or one star. Nothing. All I want is that engagement which is that high conversion rate
1: exactly exactly and i think that's what once you've kind of got a certain amount of reviews you can start doing stuff like that kind of because you just want in the the ranking part of it rather than you've already got the conversion with the reviews and the photos and all that kind of stuff um you can kind of play around with just basically getting the sales (laughs) um by doing stuff like that it's that link to doing that with the review I've noticed, when I've had reviews removed in the past.
0: Yeah, you had a bunch of them review, removed?
1: Yeah, yeah, I had a bunch of them removed.
0: Uh, was it the the pre-2016 ones? Yeah, it was
1: the pre-2016 ones. Yeah,
0: what was it that we had to get uh, everybody to say? It was, oh, I got this product at highly discount, right?
1: That was it, yeah. <laughs> I got this product highly discounted, and really, that's why I'm giving them a five-star review. Yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: this is my hon my honest review but uh something like that i can't remember but everybody had to write that on
1: <laughs> it was just, that was the same kind of time as like trying to also get the reviewers to mention certain keywords as well which is quite yeah, handy yeah. To, for people to do because it's it's like because most people say this item don't they all whereas if they actually said you know this yoga mat or this this cork yoga mat, or whatever whatever the keyword is that you want it to rank for um in the review as well as putting those tags on your photo you know condensing all those keywords in every single place i think it helps um but i remember asking people to actually put specific keywords in which i have not done that for a long time now
0: and and they actually they actually do work and Unfortunately for for me, in one of the cases, I know this is true that they work, because there was a product uh, that Amazon wouldn't allow us to advertise anymore. So they they took away the advertising privileges for this product, and okay. we and because there at the time some of the competitors were still advertising this product, we contacted Amazon advertising support, and they told us it was because our product had claims that it would change and this was a supplement but it would change permanently uh, parts of the human body and any any product that claims that it would change permanently the part of the human body you are not allowed to advertise them and we had no such claims but after uh talking to one of the reps ended up telling us that uh on the reviews on our page uh there were such claims and although uh, it was somebody else saying it, uh, they still uh, wouldn't let us advertise. And now today, the entire subcategory, nobody can advertise in that subcategory just to make it more fair because, you know, everybody can have whatever category they want sometimes and still advertise that product.
1: (laughs) Exactly. So, yeah, that's interesting. That, That kind of verifies my point then around the reviews. And so that could have been, did you know who, the, which the reviews were that had put those keywords in? Because that could have been someone trying to sabotage you, couldn't it, really? I
0: I, I don't think so because um, at the time, uh, well, I, I really don't know, but at the time we didn't know uh, or nobody was sure if the re- reviews would really influence uh, ranking or, or even indexing. Um, but I, I guess after these guys that nobody personally went there, to track these reviews right this were, these were bots that figured those keywords were in our listing and they came from the reviews uh, so I, I don't think it was because the reviews were positive i mean they were yeah. five star reviews and people saying that you know it, it it did this to me and it did this so they were so happy uh, so they were really good reviews but unfortunately uh, that's what caused the-
1: right okay yeah so it, it, you're right, then it kind of, it does, those keywords. Yeah. It doesn't matter whether it's from you or yeah, your customers, and does it really?
0: Yeah, well, we search uh, We search the ads all the time, and uh, all the old competitors do not advertise, but anybody that launches a brand new SKU into this niche, they are allowed to advertise for the first week or so until until they caught up with. And then when oh. Amazon catches them, then... They restrict, uh, according to that um, advertising support, they were saying they restrict them on a ASIN basis. So it's not the brand, it's not the entire category, like I said, or the subcategory. It's the ASINS themselves that fit into that category, and right, they just yeah. block them. So they have to catch them manually, is what he was telling me. So it's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. So tell me something, Anna. If you if you see somebody a client or somebody that you know that is launching a product into one of the high competitive, like the highest competitive niches on Amazon, what kind of advice would you tell them? Like, besides the, the don't do this, <laughs> <laughs> right? Then uh, don't do this, but if you do do it, here's some tips for you to launch in this category.
1: Yeah. Okay. So I think Like I've already said about making sure that you do your research on the keywords and looking for relevancy around those keywords and trying to find little golden nuggets that maybe other people aren't going for. Maybe some of the smaller keywords to rank on Um, and photography, you know, your imagery needs to be the best. Um, But I think if you are launching a very competitive niche, you've got to be prepared to spend on advertising, whether that be Amazon advertising or off Amazon (laughs) advertising. And so whereas maybe in a less competitive niche, your profits would be higher. So if we're thinking maybe like the supplement niche, you've got to be prepared, I think, for lower profit margins, but to be trying to get more volume of sales. Um it's it's going to be harder and you need to spend. If you're going into a competitive niche and thinking, I'm just going to do it by everything else, like keywords and optimised listing, you're not, you're going to have to be prepared to spend money on marketing.
0: Definitely, definitely. Marketing is—I would say it's—it's uh, it's debatable. Number one between what's number one for you, marketing or sales? Because sales are what we want. Marketing yeah. is marketing is what gets them.
1: Exactly, they sort of go hand in hand, don't they?
0: Yeah. So definitely that, because you know, campaigns outside of Amazon is something that we we work on as well. Uh, Instagram, uh, Facebook is where we do some of the, uh, you know, uh, ads in free reach. Uh, we also work hardly on, on SEO still. Um, yeah. some people say it's 2020 give up SEO, but I, I, I do not because it is free traffic and for everybody listening, w- the main thing that I see from SEO is that I can create an ad that's going to get quicker results. and. And it's going to give me those immediate sales if I want it. But I can always create ads. And the SEO, the thing is that when I turn off the ad, the ad is done. You will not get any more sales from that ad. Well, the SEO, uh, even if you stop putting efforts into it, is still going to give you that organic momentum from Google, Yahoo, and Bing that a lot of people forget. Because I personally, I dislike Bing. Yeah,
1: As, I don't like Bing. <laughs> I
0: dislike them. Let me tell you that just because I, just, they,
1: I like them so much, I you know they, they follow you everywhere. Once you've clicked on that, it's, that Bing, that's it. You can't heart. You can't get it. Get rid, can you?
0: It's like a starving dog that chases you. <laughs> if you're eating a hut, you're eating something, and that starving dog is chasing you. That's Bing,
1: right? <laughs> it is. I do know people are being successful on Bing ads. I, I I'm agreement with you.
0: Oh, that's, that's what I was going to say. You can be successful on ads as, as a search engine or uh, yeah. the, the browser. I, I cannot stand them uh, and almost anything that's Microsoft. But it, it, you can be successful because they, they don't have the 7 billion users that, that Google has, but they have many millions <laughs> still, right? So they're small in com- comparison to the others, but it's still a huge, insane platform that has a lower CPC. Than, than you can get on Google because there's less competitors so you can get lower uh, clicks on your ads
1: but what, what, what about Pinterest? Have you done much with Pinterest? It's something that literally oh, this last couple of weeks I've been looking into because I keep, I keep hearing you know different people talking about how they've been quite successful with physical products generally you know on Pinterest um it's something that i've been just recently just the last few weeks i would say i'm not saying i'm an expert on it at all but um just to get your thoughts on it really i
0: i am definitely not an expert i'm not even an amateur uh we do have pinterest accounts from some of the brands you know some brands don't really fit into pinterest but anything that's uh, if it's in, in the grocery category which we had a coffee product that it technically doesn't really exist anymore but um that was something that had good engagement in, in Pinterest, but everything we had on Pinterest was organic. There was no ads and no all nothing. Right. So yeah. I personally don't know how to deal with it. Uh, yeah. I don't know much about Pinterest.
1: Yeah, I, I'm kind of learning as well. I'm at the I'm at the, the baby steps, but it's something that I, I know that some people have had really big success over. So and I've noticed when I've just put in products that maybe I'm looking for you know as a as a buyer not a seller um and i noticing google pinterest comes up quite a lot um for different things so i'm thinking mm, i need to get i need to check this out a bit more um and i actually met somebody recently that was using tiktok and had huge success um which just blew my mind a bit really because i kind of always pigeon tiktok for you know my 13 year old son who messes around on it
0: <laughs> yes and i have a story that i uh soon uh, soon i hope i'll be able to to actually share the the whole details of this but it's the power of tiktok this was probably about a month ago and i cannot mention what the product is or anything because technically we can get in trouble if we even recognize that but it was um somebody else that we actually do not know was using our product for an effect that it's not meant to be. All right. Okay. So this this product that we that we sell, uh, they were using it for something else. And be, uh a lot of videos started popping up on TikTok. And one of the guys that shared this, uh, he had a couple million followers already, and this this young fella. And uh they are allowed to share these videos because they have no connection to the brand if we were involved this could get us in trouble with fda's and everything because yeah. this is something that they were uh, putting in or on their body and is not meant to be and we have not no license
1: so have a exactly that. bring me back to my pharmaceutical days <laughs> now
0: exactly exactly I'll that license. so this is uh, just so just so you know uh, this is a product that has a a drug number in, in Canada and the USA, but it is a, it, it's it's over-the-counter product, right? So it's not really a prescription product. But anyway, because of this, and it could be used for that other function, and some people that are probably listening to this, uh, <laughs> saw some of those videos, and they already know what it is. But the thing is, it jumped, uh, had a growth just from TikTok, and it took us a while to figure it out, but it had a growth of four hundred thousand per month, and wow. organic from that. In uh, um, unfortunately, it's not a, a brand uh, that I own. I just I just manage the brand. I don't own it, but <laughs> it had an explosion of four hundred thousand per month wow. because because of this. So I know the power of. Wow. And, and these, most of these people were not influencers. One was they had like two two million followers. The rest were kids that were copying yeah. that were copying that video because they used it for the same purpose. And yeah. it is so powerful. Of course, we can't intervene. We can't do anything because then it becomes official exactly. and it becomes yeah. official.
1: Yeah. 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 Wow. <laughs> big pharma
0: would intervene.
1: Yeah. I love stories like that.
0: <laughs> so in purpose I would probably never have been able to replicate that because I wouldn't be able to think about it.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, exactly.
0: Plus, that it would be
1: the natural, organic kind of. Exactly. Uh, viral stuff, you know, and it just shows you that actually. Uh, sometimes well, you can't kind of intervene on things like that. If you do, would one, it, you wouldn't have, it wouldn't have been legal with it. But um, on, the, on the second thing, if you had been able to, it probably would have messed up, you know, things like that just organically take off, don't they?
0: Yeah, because if we would have done the video ourselves, uh, if we had it for somehow uh, thought about that, it, it wouldn't have been the same thing because it would be oh. like uh, we're tooting our own horn.
1: Exactly. Like,
0: well, in this case, it's a third party that has no nothing to do with us. They're not even affiliated. There's no nothing they can gain from this besides the exposure that they did because they got millions and millions of views because every, almost every teenager in the world wants to watch that video let me tell you because of what they say our product can do for yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um i i've used it for that purpose
1: <laughs> like i feel like i'm guessing but yeah let's not go
0: there <laughs> yeah but uh, eventually uh, hopefully one day uh, i'll be able to to share it and then everybody will know what it is yeah <laughs> But it's, it's It's so cool, the powerful of uh, influencers if, if done properly, in this case it was random. but have you ever experienced that uh, do you work with influencers?
1: Um, you know what I've done not anybody major I, the only, when you were talking about that, the only experience I had was I sold the Segway hoverboards um, and yeah. you know, when they were all taken off and then they all started blowing up as well and set <laughs> on fire. <laughs> so that was like that was like a real boom. And then a, a massive big stop and then a drop. Um, and so we didn't continue selling them. Um, it was it was around this time of year that I think it was 2016 actually. Um, it was a joint venture that I did with, with another guy. But um, as regards to actual influencers, I've had I've recommended some to my students, but I've never actually used them for my brands. I don't know, even know why. I think it's more that. I had a couple that weren't... I think there's a lot of people... You've got to be able to identify who are the true influencers versus yes, yes. who are people that say they're influencers and actually they haven't. Yeah, I did a lot of work on Instagram as regards to... Uh, it's not the number of followers, it's the engagement that people are getting on the comments on the posts and all that kind of stuff. Um, so basically I've been working with a yoga brand um, in the yoga niche and they've used quite a few influencers that's worked quite well for them, but it's not my brand. Um, mm-hmm. It's like a consultancy I've been doing, but uh, as regards to my own products, my my niche at the moment is bamboo, not bamboo products. So I've kind of not really needed influences within that. Oh my
0: goodness you you are uh, you are my competitor and <laughs>
1: <laughs> like everybody else. That's what I'm <laughs> yes,
0: There's like many others now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true
0: <laughs> yeah everybody is our competitor
1: so <laughs> exactly.
0: any sellers that you talk to right now are like oh yeah i am your competitor
1: <laughs> yeah exactly. exactly
0: yeah definitely definitely <laughs> if you've been if you've been around long enough you have sold a product that competes with me <laughs> yeah exactly. exactly yes there's i mean there's some there's some that i don't want to ever see again
1: <laughs> That's like like Bing. Yes. <laughs> go with Bing. You can go with Bing. Bing. and
0: whatever that browser is that Microsoft keeps is mandatory to have on your computer. You're not allowed to delete it. Um Edge. Microsoft oh, Edge.
1: Yes, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> Yes, I don't want anything to do with it. <laughs>
1: That really tickled me. What did you say? It's like a dog following, a hungry, starving dog yes. <laughs> Can
0: you imagine you know, when, I, when I said it? Actually, I've never said that before, but I pictured myself walking down a busy street of New York and I'm eating something. There's a starving dog chasing me, trying to get it. <laughs> and I had a collar and that, that collar
1: said, bing, on it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure anyone listening can definitely relate. (laughs) There (laughs) you go. It's so difficult. Yeah. Do you ever
0: try going on Google uh, and searching uh, download Chrome? If you type in download Chrome uh, and (laughs) I'm sorry. Yes. When you, any, any new computer that you get comes with being, and and the first time you want to download Chrome, uh, you type in download Chrome and they, bing Bing pops up (laughs) they have an ad it pops up and it's almost like did you mean did you mean bing instead (laughs) did you know that bing is faster than chrome
1: (laughs) and you just there's just one slight slip. that's it bing's taken over
0: yeah, Did you want to set us as your preferred browser? Yeah. <laughs> no thanks. As your default. Yeah, we are
1: your default browser, and we are not going away.
0: By the way, uh, we updated your uh, your operating system, and we uh, we decided to change, and we put Bing as your default browser. <laughs> You want to keep those when you changes? Want
1: to change it. There's no other option apart from being the deleted any option possible. That you can't even yeah. get Google back, Chrome back.
0: You're a Mac user, so you, you probably. I, am a Mac
1: user. I hope but still, took, Bing took over. Really? Bing, yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Not even Mac. I, yeah, no. I, th-
0: I thought about buying a Mac just so I wouldn't have to see it. But I guess <laughs> Mac users see it too. You can
1: create a new person. That's how I got rid of it. Mm. <laughs> so bing is still on my old person on my back i gave up trying to get rid of bing
0: yeah mm. I'm, I'm trying i'm trying to use now a tor tor browser just so nobody right. nobody can chase me around
1: <laughs> but no starving dogs anyway <laughs> no definitely not oh
0: and uh, um i see we've been at this for a long time and <laughs> And for those of you that uh, don't know, uh, we were talking here before even we hit record. We're talking for a long time here. So,
1: (laughs) yeah, exactly. Now,
0: (laughs) I know you have your own website, you have your own podcast. So tell everybody if they want to hear more about you and they want to work with you and learn more, where do they go?
1: So you can find me on the socials. I'm on the socials as The, uh, the Anna Davidson, because there was several Anna Davidsons, so I had to be the one. Um, and my website is Davidson.com as well. So I may, mainly hang out around Instagram and Facebook. I've got my own groups as well, and my podcast as well. But my podcast is not really about Amazon. So, um, okay.
0: And that is the Freedom, Your Freedom your, podcast.
1: Yeah, Your Freedom podcast. Um, oh. I only started that in July, so um, it's kind of a baby. In fact, there's been so many people through COVID that have launched podcasts, haven't there? I don't know if you've noticed, it's been a podcast boom. Oh, yes. Um,
0: it's
1: like but, blogs
0: like blogs yeah. in the year 2000. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but yeah, Your Freedom Podcast, it's, there's three pillars, love, money, and mind. Um, and it's just all the learnings I've had in my life with business and personal and I had a bit of a tough time a few years ago, so it's kind of, I kind of wanted to create that podcast that when you are in a low, you know, you're in your darkest times, actually you believe that everybody, especially with social media these days, yes. that everyone else's life is perfect. Um, but and you kind of go into yourself a bit, and it's all like you know you wallow, and it's all like why me? But actually, when you break it down and you focus on gratitude and you. You hear other people's stories. That's what makes you feel better because you realise that everyone's battling with with challenges in their life, um, whether it you know be finance, financial or health, or going through someone's bereavement or domestic violence, as it was in my case. People are have these challenges, and my kind of thing is I found a meaning in that suffering. I want to get that out in the world and share other people's inspiring stories of challenges to success really or getting through tough times so that's what the freedom podcast is all about um so yeah
0: it's kind of like
1: my my giving back into the world where they haven't kind of worked out a a monetary part of that yet i just wanted to share these stories
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's that's beautiful and you know what you you touched on social media how everything can look so beautiful because we only post the pictures it doesn't matter who it is you're not going to post the pictures that are not favorable to you. They're going to look you, make you look old, or make you look fat, or something. And um, e- even I do that. Uh, everybody <laughs> does that.
1: And uh,
0: that. actually, funny thing, I uh, somebody I can't remember who it was, but somebody had a picture on Facebook, and it said, "Do you envy my lifestyle?" And it it had her legs, um, like only the top of the legs showing by the swimming pool, and it said, "I'm getting a tan," or something like that. And then on, on the comments, they posted the real picture, the uh, you know, the, <laughs> the picture that's taken back. And it's the swimming pool is a picture and her legs are not her legs. It was actually two sausages. And it's, <laughs> and it's, it's almost as if she's taking a selfie from the body down standing by the swimming pool but it's actually somebody on really a hot desk. Hot <laughs> yeah. Two sausages in
1: front of a picture of a swimming pool. <laughs> That's really interesting. No, it's so true, isn't it? I, I've got two boys, 13 and 10. And sometimes I do worry about how they're born into this, um, you know, digital, you know, digital world really yeah. that, uh, that I didn't have, you know, I'm in my forties. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think sometimes there's it kind of concerns me about mental health for the future of our youngsters, really, definitely, uh, definitely. within this sort of digital world. Definitely, and social definitely, world. That's
0: one one of my big worries too, because I'm I'm a father of three, and um, two two of my kids have have never touched a, a phone yet. Well, because the, they're not old enough. But <laughs> one one is seven, and of course, uh, she has her her messenger where we had to um uh, give her something when covid happened kind of accelerated yeah. the process so she had to have online school and stuff and it worries me so much that uh, kids are living off likes and they if they don't get enough likes things are affecting them um you know psychologically because
1: yeah. and popularity and confidence and all that kind of stuff yeah it's
0: it's it's scary and
1: it i is. It is, but it's also, it's like having those conversations, I think, because every time I've had those conversations where we've discussed different things, because we were having a discussion the other day about depression and what depression is, and my two boys thought depression was just feeling sad.
0: Yes, I thought that for many years.
1: I did did as well, (laughs) but the youngsters are always like, I'm depressed, I'm depressed, I'm depressed, you know what I mean? And I was like do you realize what that means you know do you realize what that means and they're like yeah it means feel I was like no you, it's like you know a, a condition where you'd have to go to hospital and I made it even sound worse than it was you know um just to kind of get that message through that don't flippantly use terminology because these sort of like trendy terms to say um I suppose it's just that fear of I've seen or heard cases you know of um youngsters teenagers in suicide with you know killing themselves over things that have escalated through chat you know um which is just crazy how someone can kind of get that way really someone's so young
0: yeah i mean when you're not in that situation it's almost impossible to understand yeah Uh, and and then when you finally meet somebody or if somebody, unfortunately, ever gets into that situation, it's the only time you can understand what it really is.
1: Yeah, yeah, um, exactly, exactly. But it, it kind of the younger age group, I can understand it on an, like an adult level um, in some respects. But on a teenage level, I think there's, there's a lot of this peer stuff, isn't there? A lot yes. But you grow up, you know, your seven year old will still be you will be the you as parents the most important person that you could get your influence from. And then there becomes a point where it's like probably nine, ten, where then suddenly it curves over into actually it's about your your friends' influence and your peers. Um, and it becomes more so when you're in the teenage years and less impact from your parents, but it's getting that balance. It's getting that balance. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I still remember the worst thing <laughs> to happen to me as a kid because I'm in my 40s too. It was that I could get you know somebody that was older or stronger than me that could beat me up, and I'd come <laughs> home and tell my dad like, "Oh, he beat me up." He's like, "Oh yeah? Well, next time you stay away from him. <laughs> 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 they should have taught you a lesson." And uh And that's the worst that can happen. But now there's actually no, no, uh, I can't say no, no physical violence violence, because that still exists, but the worst is actually the one that you can't see. And uh...
1: Yeah, it is, it is, definitely. In fact, a funny story, my son said the other day, he was talking to one of his friends and he said, yeah, you know, they've got to wear masks at school. And he's like, you know, the school think they can control COVID. They can't even control a fight in the playground. <laughs> I was like, That's out of the words of a child. It did make me laugh. Um, so they still they still do the whole you know things that we did at school. It hasn't changed miles ahead, has it? But it's the digital part of it that makes those conversations go on longer. Because I remember having to. If you rang a friend. You had to go through the parent to get to the friend, didn't you? Being on yes. my home phone. <laughs> Whereas now they can get in touch with each other so easily. So I do my spot checks, the mum spot checks on the phone, um, but they're fully. You can't have a phone unless you agree to the spot checks. Well, if not, you're not having a phone. Yeah.
0: Right. <laughs> so. uh, I'll never forget, man. We're getting this is too long, but I'll never forget. Mm-hmm. Years ago, still of you in Europe, and I, I. Um, I was away from home for a couple of days for this party. And, uh, and I called my dad and he never had a phone that had a screen. It was still those old school phones that it has the rotating numbers. That's it. And uh, I called and he answered the phone. And I said, um, hey, it's Quinn. And he started laughing. And it was it was a morning, but it was been two days since I'd gone home. And he started laughing. He said, Quinn? <laughs> no, he, he's still in bed, man. <laughs> he thought it was a friend of mine asking for me, and he's like, "No, he's still in bed." <laughs> so he, he had no idea I was gone. <laughs> How funny!
1: You were partying. <laughs> yeah. Okay,
0: Emma. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure. We'll we'll have to do this again because there's so much we can talk about, and we yeah. didn't we didn't touch on half of the things.
1: <laughs> well, no. Yeah. Definitely. We'll definitely yeah do it again. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Thanks Thank you. It's a pleasure. Speak safe. <laughs>